0: So our podcast today is with Dr. Amber Kirk and we may or may not have recorded it.
1: (laughs) I have trust that we did. And it's okay if we didn't, we'll do it again for you guys. But if not, um, Dr. Amber Kirk is an amazing human being. She's um, a dear friend. She's, I would say she's very fucking tuned in. Like she is enlightened being up in the realms, but also very grounded. And she does amazing body work um, in her professional career. And I'm super stoked to have our conversation with her today.
0: Yeah. I'm excited too because she works with so many different people. Mm-hmm. And I like that she went to India.
1: Yeah, that was a cool trip to have her along. We had we had trippy talks on the beach and in um, our experiences. And it was a time of um, big shift in her world. So that was really cool to see um, all the realizations come forth for her that mm-hmm. she was seeking or looking for, or maybe she wasn't, I don't even know, but really cool to witness like her, what, what came
0: next, you know? mm-hmm hundred yeah. percent. She's just so good. I think because she's on the ground, like doing body work with so many different people. She's really good at analogies, like how I was saying before, like one mm-hmm. of her analogies that she did in the first podcast just kind of changed the way I look at my life.
1: Yeah. I think one thing I love about um, Amber is that You know, when you get to this different state of awareness is that the ability is that you can still um, communicate and tap into this realm because she dabbles in both realms, I find, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Um, But she has this beautiful way of, um, as you said, like working with so many different body types and professions in the um, in that world. And then she can have this really like expanded outlook on everything and she can she dabbles in both this is the Daily Practice Podcast with Crystal Barelli
0: and Andrew Hellman.
2: Hario,
0: Do you think that's how you landed in nervous system work? Possibly.
3: possibly. <laughs> I like to know how things work. Yeah. I like mechanics. And yeah. so, yeah, I just kind of gravitated towards it because they just kept coming up with new intel as to how uh, the mechanics worked for the nervous system and then I just wanted to hack it to be honest Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah what do you think hacking means though Um, I think it means taking information
3: and applying it but following it in an intuitive sense that makes sense to you and that you can fit it in because I've noticed that within these industries like I got into functional neurology and then I got into functional medicine and I find that it's like a lot of the other things you just can preoccupy yourself with doing so much and trying to dial it that you actually miss like the present moment and you miss that maybe all of it isn't for you Mm -hmm. because everyone's kind of at a different spot right in their journey.
0: Yeah, definitely. Indeed.
3: Mm I
1: also think like hacking... I look at it like taking this, an idea of whatever it is or a theory or, you know, taking something and going into it and pretty much like dissecting it to your own and figuring out like that hack of like going in and like almost like breaking it apart to put it back into like how you want to um, use it or view it or understand it. So it's going into like rip that shit up to mold it back to like what makes sense.
3: Yeah. I think and just cherry picking the pieces that makes sense for you at that time. Mm-hmm. Cause I always get a bit of a, a chuckle out of, um, I am fascinated with the tone of the nervous system, but the more I hack into my system and the more work I do, my tone keeps changing. So individuals will say to me, no, the tone of my nervous system is good. And then I think, well, I thought mine was good too. Mm. And then it changed. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the challenge is that it just keeps evolving. And so I think that if we have access to all these different tools, but you pick and choose at the moment where you're at, you take what you can and then try to implement it.
0: Yeah. Change would be the biggest thing the nervous system's trying to regulate too, right? Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And we were kind of.
3: I mean, I was in university in the 90s, and and it was more like this is how it works, but it was kind of like learning car parts, and this is how cars work, but it's now evolved into like if you want to be a Formula One race car driver, this is how you hack it. So then I got more interested in the ownership and the driving skills because I realized that there's just certain pieces that will work for some people and others, it won't.
0: Mm-hmm, definitely. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I Like we all have our
3: own spiritual blueprint of map of,
1: of our soul and our system and, and, it, and it's gonna fluctuate constantly, like where your energy's at, what you need, those needs in the moment and to adapt, like to change and adapt to that. And it can be as simple as like going back to the foundations, like you need water, you need food, you need sleep, you need rest, you need play you know, and then taking it deeper into, okay, like what you're talking about.
3: Well, I think we have like just such different environments. Like we were taught when I was doing a lot of my neurology that like the autonomic nervous system, like don't worry, it's automated. And so I was kind of left with this impression that it would just do what it was going to do, not knowing that, you know, with a hundred trillion cells that we are and the mitochondria is this environmental sensor, that you could stimulate that sensor and that our environments where we were designed to live, you know, kind of more organically in nature compared to our industrialized fear-based society, two totally different environments. And so when I started to become more aware of those two different environments, I thought, wow, one one is more natural and intuitive than if I'm in the environment environment. I would say being outside, my nervous system will be more automated and I don't need to hack it to the degree. Whereas when I'm in more of the industrialized fear-based society, as that's cultivated, I have to pay more attention then to my tools to help with the automation of my nervous system. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: I agree with that 100%. Like I feel that Actually, first, I have to take off my toque. I like, feel mm. like I'm suffocated right now. I'll just give it
0: Yeah,
3: I thought you did take it off for some reason. Oh, my God. Do you know that actually heat is uh, transferred primarily through, like, the palms of our hands and feet? So the new hack for uh, getting more uh, out of the muscles is uh, dissipating heat, so using, like, cold on your hands. Mm.
1: Yeah. But then, but what about the head though? The head holds a lot of the heat and keeping... It does. It does.
3: For, for performance-based things though, if you have something cold to put your hands on or your feet, Mm. because there's no capillaries, it goes right from arteries to veins, the, um, you can transfer the cool right away. So Mm. they're saying that, you know, like it's so funny because of course the research came from infrared cameras with bears hibernating and the heat came off their nose, paws. And Aww, and so cute. you know, when dogs are going into <laughs> lakes, they're cooling off by their paws being dipped. And I'm like splashing water on my dog's face and her back and yeah. she has this look of like, beat what it. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh I'm from the industrialized society. I don't what's happening here? Do you need help? <laughs> She's yeah. like, no, no, I don't need anything from yeah. you actually.
1: Uh-huh. Well I think it goes back to what we were, what you're just saying about is that our Normally, like as like our system knows what to do to heal itself, to regulate itself, but because that's like more of a natural state of living in like back in mm-hmm. the day when we did live more natural and in harmony with the world. But now there's all this fear, and everything that's going outside of us and this fear state that upsets our nervous system. And it's almost like we've forgotten to do that. So we need to go in and take care with these different tools like more than ever to mm-hmm. help regulate our system um, because I think a lot of people have forgotten or or they've lost those tools or they aren't listening to their physical body anymore. Like they're so, oh, I'll just pop some pills instead to mask it, what's really going on. Like they're disassociating with um, the trauma in their body and they're getting pulled on to like, you know, the outer world and you know, you can see that in the way of like manipulating their look in, you know, all the surgeries and things that are going on. Like it's, it's, um, yeah, I think people are just very lost.
3: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of conditioning and people don't realize it's a conditioning because if, if you've got two kind of branches of the nervous system, you know, I kind of think of it as like two pathways down a mountain, if you're uh, mountain biking or snowboarding, One path is going to be a little bit, if you're, say, aware that you'd like to go down more of a parasympathetic path and go into a a flow state and like move with a bit of ease and kind of utilize the body and not degenerate it as quickly, you're going to go down the path that isn't really planned. You're more present in an alpha state. Alpha theta is going to be the zone, so you're going to be able to perform better. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be more present with the the terrain that you're actually on. Whereas the guy that goes down the sympathetic path, you know, it's going to be a little bit rougher. It's going to be maybe a little bit more icy, and um, they're going to perceive things differently. And if you then are regularly taking that path and you meet people on that path and everyone then has the same condition ideal the nervous system just starts to prime through neuroplasticity down those two paths and yet the two individuals will end up at the chairlift and the one who took like the epic powder like fun adventure present one pow, yeah is just Amazed, And the other one coming down is aged and stressed. Mm-hmm. And yet the environment might be the same, but the one will perceive more pow and the other will perceive that icy patch that they almost ate shit or ate shit on. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I find phenomenal. Yeah. That is the best sea to sky analogy I've ever heard. Yeah.
1: That's a good one.
3: Yeah. Or well, th- and it's crazy the depth of the neurology that it will actually go to. So, you know, even from childhood, when we're going through neurodevelopment, with, you know, whether you're the medulla oblongata, the pons, the midbrain, those are all natural states that children are supposed to go through developments of like crawling, learning how to stand on their own, learning how to walk on their own, and you're priming the electrical system right from the get-go, even in utero and embryo, because the medulla oblongata starts in the embryo, and then you have primed it, and so then when you're at the top of the ski hill going, okay, which way should we go, one is going to drive So it goes like thalamus, hypothalamus, the amygdala, the locus cerealis, the insula, the hippocampus, those are all buttons in the brain that one way will start to electrically train the system to go sympathetic, more reactive. And then the other will train and the natural state you'll naturally train like aboriginals in the outback will naturally stick to the parasympathetic tone. And whereas our industrialized fear-based society will naturally start to go sympathetic Mm -hmm. and brainwaves in train. And so if you're at, you know, the top of the hill and two of us roll up that are going to go sympathetic and Crystal's like, no, man, there's this other way. There's this (laughs) other route. And we can be very convincing, you know, that the path that we're taking is the path, but it will trip fear-based trauma that's embedded within the cellular system. And so Crystal will get maybe tempted to come, but if she's got a strong neurological track and, you know, the hippocampus is saying, remember the pow, you know, remember the adventure, remember the ease, remember that you're going into like a grandmaster state of performance. She'll say, no bueno, no beta, no thank you. And then she'll just peace out and she'll find her tribe. And that's how I think we're getting such a divide amongst our society is that we have kind of two camps.
1: Mm-hmm. One two lines.
0: Yeah. That, wow, you're blowing my mind.
1: It's like the... Yeah. <laughs> I read something in The Chief. It was like talking about the speeding on the Sea to Sky Highway from like Vancouver up to Whistler. Oh my gosh, and how, I'm the
0: worst. I almost got impounded twice this year.
1: Oh yeah, I drive fast too. Like my... Oh, I'm not going to throw his mic under the bus. Anyways, so, um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> and, uh, especially when they opened up the highway, everyone goes a lot faster, mm-hmm. but the one article this one was talking about that, you know, we're both, you know, everyone's driving, one person's racing, like fucking crazy. The one's like having that nice, like flowy, chill ride. The other one's like hurt, like passing everybody probably dangerously and every, like fast, 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 go, go, go cutting people off. And we both arrive at the Creek side lights at the same fucking time. <sighs>
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's the
1: exact same thing. It's like, <laughs> you get to choose is to go back to like power of choice and like, you get to choose your experience and your journey there. Mm-hmm. We're all going to the same place. We're all going in the ground or going to heaven or, you know, like one way or the other, but it's like, you get to choose your ride. And are you going to go through life with this fear, like concept and, and like stress and, you know, the practices of yoga is to bring you back into that, like calm, of the system state to be like, okay, I'm in a fucked up situation <laughs> and I'm going to go through it as gracefully as possible.
3: Mm. Well, and it's a conditioning that you have to come to to pull yourself out of that that's more of a daily practice. And I found moving out to Squamish Valley that I started driving you know, 60, sometimes 50, and I really enjoy myself. And I thought, this is really lovely. Part of the challenge is when I'm at work, I'm dropping into more of a theta state with individuals, like with the nervous system and trauma. So when I leave, I'm in a state of just presence and awareness. So then I would drive home. Well, then people would be (laughs) right up on the backside of me. And I'd be like, whatever, go around, like go around. And I'm enjoying the drive out. It's stunning. Mm, it's yeah.
0: beautiful. I saw moose? moose
3: on the way in. Yeah, yeah, or uh, elk. Yeah. Oh, oh elk. elk! Oh, yeah. There we That's go. Yeah, they're works. big. Yeah. And so th- there's like a lot of animals out here. And what I, when I, the more that I go into theta, the more I perceive. And so I start to perceive things. So I start looking around, and I feel like it's safer for me to drive slowly when I'm looking around. Yeah. And it's funny because I got into this conversation with you know everyone here in the valley, and I was saying like they're all complaining about like the slow drivers. And I said, oh, that's me. Like I, I will admit it, I'm, I'm driving slow. I'm really enjoying myself. It's a really lovely drive, it's only 15 minutes. And so we got into this thing where they were like, well, do you at least put your indicator on for someone to go around you? And I said, no, that's not my job. I'm not the concierge of driving. Like, if you'd like to go around me, you have a driver's license. You know the dotted line. Go when it's appropriate. Well, uh-huh. and how, far,
1: how slow are you driving? Like, are you driving the speed
3: limit? 60, which is the split. Sometimes speed I limit. get up to 70 if I get going. Whoa, whoa, I get a no, but good. we <laughs> had this debate because the boys were like, "You should indicate. Do us all a favor and indicate." Oh. And I said, "Well, I'm not going to assist you with your speeding if no. you're if people can go around you." And I said, "Listen." This is our own journey. I will drive accordingly to the speed limit and kind of what I feel right now is like good for me. And if somebody would like to go around, I'm not going to indicate that they they should go around. No, No.
0: I felt the same way. They were so annoyed with me. They were so annoyed with me. I think the only time they could be annoyed with you would be if they're about to pass and you speed up. But that's it, and so
3: yeah. I, you know, if somebody goes past me, I'm I'm just gonna do the same thing. The irony, though, there's a really wicked stretch here.
0: Well, that's and
3: I don't hit the brakes on the corners. I like going around the corners at an appropriate speed, but I like to ride the rails. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So you're
0: supposed to <laughs> everyone that into goes them.
3: firing past me. Hits the brakes on the corners oh, yeah. and the corners are sharp coming out here mm-hmm. and yeah. I catch them almost every time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, peace be with you. Like it's, you yeah. do you. That do drives you. me nuts on the highway too. We're
1: talking on about the, cars again. On the, the straightaway. it's like, yeah, straightaway people fly and well, I'm usually flying. I'm like, I'm done with you guys yeah. fucking <laughs> flying so fast on the straightaway and then you crawl through the windy shit. I'm yeah. like, beat it with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause I go fast in the windy shit.
0: Yeah, But you I know see how, to how drive those,
3: those neurological habits then keep you primed in certain states because then when you do, say, start like singing a mantra or singing a song and then you kind of go into your comfort level, you then keep conditioning that. Mm-hmm. But it's tough, man, because it's like we live in a zoo. Straight up. We live in a zoo, man. Concrete jungle, too. A lot of people know what's over the edge, you know, like over the wall. And we're just like, oh, man, we're supposed to kind of be over there. And then the challenge is you got one foot in each camp. Trying to figure that one
0: out. 100%. That's so, yeah, it's interesting. My sister loves speeding too. Like she high fives me when I pass people. (laughs) That I would not do well with a cheerleader.
3: If I had a cheerleader, it wouldn't go well. I know it wouldn't. Oh, I'd love a cheerleader. I'm a Leo. I'm like, yeah, let's (laughs) give me props.
0: Yeah. And especially. That's why
3: my husband has a job. (laughs) He has a job. Because he's always like, listen. I know that you like to do a lot of things and you don't like rules or compartments or labels, but he goes, remember my <laughs> job is that people get away with something nine times out of 10 mm-hmm. and then they call on the 10th time. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately I always have that in the back of my no, mind. It's good. I is yeah. you get conditioned to thinking, Oh, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> okay.
0: So why I think that's kind of interesting though, is cause I like have sped my whole life. Like my brother, and my mom, and Adele would if she was allowed to drive, and uh, but then the way you're relating it, I'm like, oh, it's just like it's pumping the sympathetic because it's like where I feel comfortable and like or not comfortable, yeah. but like yeah. it's familiar,
3: yeah, and I, I, to be honest, man, I think there's just like a time and a place for everything, of course, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it is hard because we entrain to others, and so then it's like, okay, and that's why it's always you know, I say to my daughter, like like mind." Like what you're around and who you're with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because some of it's incredibly healthy and will push for performance because we're very performance based at our house. Yeah. And others is that kind of not present, mindless, you know, no memory and (laughs) no peripheral. And you're just (laughs) pinning it in an emotional state. And that seems to be quite common.
0: Yeah. I think I go back and forth pretty usually all the time. What, um, how do you explain to your daughter beta and theta and all that? Like your analogy really resonates? Right. So like,
3: I try to do that with her quite a bit and it comes up just with more instances. So we, because we're in more of a homeschool state and we live out in Squamish Valley, uh, we, I always describe society as kind of a tribe and we kind of Live a little bit on the periphery so that we can stay tuned into more natural cycles. Like, we don't wake up with alarm clocks or anything, and we don't say school, we say learning. And when the brain waves come into it, I always tell her about, you know, that we have an ecosystem and we're operating it, and the more skills we have, the better we can function and perform and create. And I tell her that the gears of the brains, like, uh, Uh, children from like zero to one are in uh, theta predominantly. They switch into alpha. Alpha is like children. It's creative. Uh, The amygdala is calm. The insula is running high. The um, prefrontal cortex, like the dorsal ventral prefrontal cortex is really lit. It's creative. It's rational and you're healthy and functioning. And then when we And that's more internally feeling. So alpha is more the inside of us. When you go into beta, you start going outside of the body. And then when you go into high beta, you're going into more of a fight or flight scenario. Mm. And so I always say to her, like, they're gears. You You know, if you're in high beta, you're on the highway driving first. And so she knows gears too, because she has a quad. So she, um, well, I'm like, listen, you don't high RPM it. That's just not what you do, man. You're going to wreck your bike. You're going to wreck your quad. You're going to wreck your car. You're going to wreck your brain. You're going to wreck, you're going to degenerate very quickly. Yeah. And so beta, we have a very like later beta because beta is good, but we're so predominantly in a moderate to higher beta, which is high sympathetic. And so we Mm -hmm. have a lot of, um, we watch a lot of documentaries and we watch a lot of. I mean, to be honest, now I just watch cartoons with her, and so <laughs> there's incredible messages in cartoons. Really yes. awesome. Yeah, like DreamWorks is killing it. Okay, so much to... quantum physics. Like Kung Fu Panda Three, <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> so we talk a lot about Grandmaster Uguay, and I'm like, look, because she said something kind of cheeky the other day about like, um, oh, they just died, they went to the other side. I'm like, the other side. I'm like, Grandmaster Uguay is hanging on on the other side. Like this is like Coco, like the afterlife. You know, like the the Mexicans. It's like this phenomenal party. And so we try to then encourage more of the alpha-theta zone. So we try to push into that creative side to kind of have more of a natural expression. But you have to have a broad bandwidth of alpha that carries theta and gamma. And then that alpha, theta, gamma uh, perpetuates more of the natural cycling, where the feedback coming into the mitochondria or going through the thalamus, the sensory relay center, going to the hypothalamus, (coughs) calming... Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) Calming the um, uh, HPA axis, the adrenal pituitary axis. Um, and and you just keep priming that system, and so we kind of do well being in like I kind of took the super isolated package, and that package <laughs> four keeps, acres of yeah. keeps, us that, uh, keeps us in that keeps us in that kind of priming of that state. Mm-hmm. I love it, and then and then the trauma comes up. Okay, that's where the trauma comes up, man. So when we're out here and thinking I escaped all triggers and dramas. Man, think again. Yeah. Then I can't like, hide from that. Something shit. drops on your foot and you're just like, all right, what's in there? What's in that part?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so okay. So what do you think is happening in the body when that happens? Because yesterday Adele and I were playing we were throwing pillows at each other. It wasn't like a pillow fight. It was kind of like dodgeball, but on the bed. And then she smacked her head on the ceiling. Oh. And then she just like broke down. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen her cry in so long because she's been so happy. And yeah. then it just like all coming out. And then we had a nice little cuddle. And,
3: and you want that. That's the purge state, man. Like yeah. I did so nice uh, one of uh, Crystal's yoga retreats in India. <laughs> I just remember laying on the... Um, floor at the end, and like so many people were sobbing in such a healthy, yes, purging, releasing way. And I thought, wow, this is amazing! Like, Crystal holds a phenomenal space for that. But mm-hmm. then, being in India, there's that next level of drop in, tune in, and dump from your etheric template. Mm-hmm. And so, we have this thing here that the more you purge, the better the score. Mm. So I have no intention of leaving the planet and my guide saying, you failed again. (laughs) Go back. Here's your stuff. Get the road. (laughs) You're going back. So I don't want that. I don't want that party when I leave here. So you're just stripping it off. Yeah. At every opportunity. And it's kind of a bit much because I really took on seriously the every opportunity package of if I crush my nail while I'm, you know, banging out nails for the deck or bang my knee or whatever it is. I know now just to (laughs) calm myself and be like, all right, what's in there? What's in this opportunity? And it's weird because the more you prime that, the more it becomes very apparent, Hmm. the opportunity that lies within it. It's just a bit much (laughs) to get into that and get acclimatized to that.
0: But then what do you do? Like when you stub your toe?
3: Oh, I've learned to turn the volume down because that's too shocking. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to bring others in with me. And yeah. I really feel the the currency to uh, remove the fear based embedded trauma that's unprocessed that's in the system. And to particularly historically, they say it's within scar tissue. So I'm kind of addicted to biomechanics because I'm always trying to improve my biomechanics. And I I I enact it. And so if it's rage, I'm just like. Ah. Yeah. And it's amazing how good that feels. Yeah. And so, and, and I wipe out a lot. And so I have a lot of opportunities where I'm just like, ah, <laughs> and, and then I'll find <sighs> what it is, what it's related to, like, as far as like an emotional tag, I'm not really interested in the information per se anymore, the historical information. I'm interested in the emotional tag that's in there. So it becomes kind of wheel of fortune for me as far as like, is it rage? Is it grief? Is it anger? And then I just start to be able to kind of tap into which one it is. And then yeah. process. And then something <clears throat> will crackle and pop and click in my mechanics. Yeah. So then Which I think so I'm cool. a winner. <laughs> winner of the Wheel of Fortune. I'm a winner because I smashed my film on the tag. Yeah. I like it. My dad Spun the wheel.
1: My dad talks about that. He said everything that happens to you is done for purpose, reason, to heal, to like. And so one of my buddy, buddies that's very, you know doesn't believe in this stuff, it, you know, they got into a good argument because he's like, so if a mosquito bites my arm, that has a meaning. And my dad's like, well, yeah, like where on your arm are you getting b- bitten? Like, because it could be a pressure point, could be a indication of that area being like, like um pinpointed for you to focus on to the emotional release to the, whatever it is bring your attention to that area he's like so yeah and the guy my friend was just like yeah no
3: i don't <laughs> i don't and that's see where it. you're like hey buds get some more theta yeah <laughs> get some more theta and then come hang out cuz once you start dropping deeper into theta and then you resonate with people that are dropping into that space mm. You see it, you feel it, you understand it, you dream about it, and it starts to make sense. And the beauty that I love about it is that, eight none of it, none of this stuff is mine. You'll always find historical content. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always love your background, Crystal, and what you bring, because it's so <laughs> old mm-hmm. and it's so humbling that they knew these things mm-hmm. way before you know, mm-hmm. way before we had the mechanics of it. Would you say, like, because the
1: terminology, like, beta, theta, that's not my in my wheelhouse of, um, like, there's different languages to explain kind of the, you know, similar situations. So, would you say, like um, beta and theta, let's say like theta is more like the light higher vibrancy energy of, um, like when I use terminology stuff, I'll say like a light high frequency or like, and beta would be like a darker frequency or like the beta is the sympathetic and then the theta is the parasympathetic. So I'm just trying to make it make sense in my mind is Mm -hmm. like from my perspective of how I, my study isn't of the brain and is, you know, well, ish kind of, but not to your level. So um, I'm wondering if that could be related in the in a similar terminology of like yeah that theta energy is like more like light higher frequency, beta darker kind of more density like could you yeah compare so it the that thing is like.
3: There, Like beta is, it's not like a good or bad thing. Beta is just more of an awareness of your environment and it depends. It's a very focused state of doing things. But when, again, we push it too far, we start to go into sympathetic fight or flight. And when you're okay. in fight or flight, you're drawing the um, from like more of your unprocessed trauma data. And it's then driving the ego of the the superior right. ego, where you're like, I'm a, I'm the winner. I'm the best. I, I know everything, you know, the, everyone that knows everything. And then the, the <laughs> other swing is the inferior ego, the victim. Um, you know, I'm not good enough. And so I can always tell them through people's behavior and language, what, what, uh, tracks are riding, you know, if they're mm. going into, um, mm-hmm. a higher beta with some, or, uh, Spirit ego or inferior ego, alpha is more childlike and it's more um, internal how you feel. So if you feel sad and you're feeling anger and you're feeling your trauma coming up, you know typically that's a lower resonance. But because you're in more of a present state, and ideally you have like people around you, particular even elders saying, "Hey, like this is an opportunity, purge that out." You then go back into a higher resin, it's a higher state. And the assistance of theta is when theta is like when you go to sleep and when you wake up, but theta is the um when you meditate. And so you start to go into kind of the quantum field. Mm-hmm. And so then those can be higher states. But it's the same as when people do like plant based medicines and you know, some people come out and they're like, I wrote a unicorn, it was so sick. Which is awesome. But then you have other people that were like, I saw horrible things. I never want to do that again. And so, you know, you're hitting on that high resonant, low resonant, but then it's kind of what you do with it per se. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so they're just kind of all different gears. And then I think it just comes back to what do you keep priming on a regular basis on your day to day? And then what tools do you have to deal with the trauma that's supposed to come up on a regular basis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, though, man. Like, I've bitch slapped myself a couple times with, like, tools. Mm-hmm. I did it with a, a metal trellis in my garden one time. It gave right to the face. And I was just like, what the? Mm-hmm. I just punched myself in the face with a metal grill. <laughs> fucking just cranked right on my face. And then I thought, well, it's an opportunity. And I'm, I'm pretty bitter about it. I'm not peaceful about it. <laughs> I'm bitter about yeah. this opportunity because I still haven't come to terms with me punching myself in the face. Yeah. And then I will just sit there, I'll drop into bit alpha more theta, and then I'll be able to figure out mechanically where it really hurts. I follow pain. I, I like to go down the pain path. And then I will be able to extract some sort of emotional tag that historically I was meant to get at. And, you know, I will be thankful, but it might take a day or two Mm -hmm. For me to actually come to grips with punching myself in the face, being grateful to extract that information. Mm -hmm. But because I'm so addicted to biomechanics, I typically then can go to over it faster because it releases something that I'm actually working on.
0: Yeah. Do you think in that you're not labeling it as a negative experience, you're labeling it as like an opportunity or like, are you constantly? Absolutely. Absolutely. And
3: I think the more alpha bandwidth that you can muster up being more in natural states, you're more peaceful about it. It's not this struggle, like you're consciously suffering, but you have more tools. Whereas when you're in beta, higher beta, and your nervous system's just ripping and the amygdala is super sensitive, it's kind of like a smoke detector or red button, um, that's more challenging because it's more sensitive. And so you, you feel like you're suffering more, but you don't have the tools and you don't feel like there's any reason why you'd be suffering. You just kind of become a Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. And, and then angry that that's happening to you. And, mm-hmm. but that's to
1: talk about like patterns is so that there's a reason why these things keep on. Like how many times have you hit yourself in the face for you to stop and be like, oh, wait a minute. I have to heal myself in some way. I have to look at what's going on. Like there's a, there's a reason, as you said, for, for it, to be present with it, to be able to heal that part. And a lot of people walk around the world without this awareness at all. They're like, oh, just, oh, here, it happened to me again in fucking life. Yeah. And they don't know responsibility for, for it or for and their energy. And then you attract that. Yeah, And of then course. you
3: attract it. You attract
1: your tribe, which you're talking oh. about in the, on the top of the mountain. It's like, then you, you know, you attract the, those people that are going to amplify that or confirm it for you. Yeah. It's Good. so interesting. Basically, it's so cool to hear you talk. Cause I'm like, Oh, she's saying pretty much exactly what Julia was saying, exactly what I'm saying, but in these different ways of mm-hmm. seeing
3: it, mm-hmm. it's fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. But that's how like Karens love Karens. Right. Totally. And then <laughs> they have Karenville. And then if you don't fit in Karenville, you're going to get an email with caps letters. In the subject. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever bylaw you're not following, you'll hear about it. I just feel bad for Karens. I Mm -hmm. do too, man, because I teach my daughter when she sees it, because my daughter can see these things. I'll just Mm -hmm. say, you know what, it's really challenging because that's a lot of black glitter. It's a lot of unprocessed data. They don't know. They're living in a state of... You know, the amygdala being so sensitive and just kicking off and, you know, their adrenals are going and they're fired up and it wrecks your sleep and it wrecks your guts and it wrecks, you know, the brain gets leaky, the guts get leaky and it's just this perpetual suffering. It's super challenging and you're pushing into beta. The egoic mind is confirming that you're right, you're attracting it, you're repelling anything in opposition. And then whoever is around you is slowly being brought into that until someone says, no bueno. Yeah. It's no, so bueno sad, beta, beta. Hey? Beta. no bueno beta. Hey, no bueno beta. Beta can so, be helpful. I don't want to give beta a bad name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you,
0: you definitely need it when you're in the chase or, yeah.
1: I find when I experience people like that that are creating so much drama, like, is your daughter, like, I you can, for the most part, you can see it, running people, running their programming, running their karmas, running their belief systems, running their bullshit, and you're just like... Part of me, I'm like, oh, that's so frustrating Like on the outside of it because I'm like, y- they can't see it. But I'm also very sad for them. I'm like, 100%. fuck, I'm so sad that that's how you're going to view the world. Yeah. That's, that's how you're, You maybe you don't have the tools or the tools are presented, but you're not willing to take them and use them. And that makes me really <sighs> sad. But it's like um, what Jordan Peterson was saying is that um, to find gratitude in the suffering, because mm-hmm. as you said, like that, yes, yeah, suffering is a, um, a tool, it's a choice, but it's like the, a tool to, um, to heal. And so to find in those really shitty moments of banging, punching yourself in the face or t- yeah. stubbing your toe or whatever it is that's happened, not to you, but for you is that place to find a place of gratitude be like,
3: oh, this is why we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I think the universe hands out bitch slaps, to be honest, <laughs> because I've never actually had many people, including myself. Just come to terms with these things and go. Oh, that's a tool. Nobody has ever walked in my office, you know, just primed vitality, saying, "Oh, my life's awesome. Everything's great." Yeah. We seem to have these trips, you know. We seem to get these hits, and the hits then seem to give you that opportunity to go. Okay, which way am I going to go? Mm. And the the thing that I find phenomenal is that when you get into the healing trauma path and processing your own trauma and your own black glitter it becomes really apparent who has a lot and who has more. And the more you rid yourself because you have to, uh, go through the actual emotional transaction where you feel it to come up. That seems to be the going currency that you have to feel it Mm
0: -hmm.
3: when you release that and have that, Oh, I feel so much better. You have access to higher levels of compassion and gratitude. And you really feel that you're not trying to just do the toxic positivity thing of, you know, Oh, well, we feel bad for them. You actually feel it. You think, man, Mm -hmm. it actually, I feel a depth of like sadness. That I would love to help you out because I will see myself in those people. Mm -hmm. And I think, wow, like it's not the best place to live, man. It doesn't serve you well. It doesn't serve others around you. And then other people that are on that healing journey don't want to be around that. Yeah.
1: And hey, thanks for bringing that up because I feel – because how I was raised, I was raised with this consciousness already. Like I was raised with everything that we're talking about. So for me, it's like seems to be – and don't get me wrong, I'm stumbling and fumbling and punching myself in the face, left, right, and center and learning and growing and going through all the old trauma that I'm carrying around and shit like that. But I think that when you – it's been the way of your life for so long, it makes it easier to talk about and of course that like compassion side is so important that yeah it is a feeling it's like oh man like I do feel that sadness it's not like from a Karen's perspective or anything like that it's
3: like I yeah it's fuck it's (laughs) it's sad and it's when children see it it's sad for them and that's Mm. what I think is so beautiful about living with children is that in their earlier years when they're not as conditioned into kind of our society, they're so genuine, they're so giving, they wanna share, they wanna love everyone. It it just blows my mind. You feel like a really bad person, to be honest, when you're around like the little kids because you just think, man, like you're a better person than I am. Like,
0: Well, they're just a good reminder, but I think it comes back to the thing is not labeling it as bad or good or whatever. Uh, One of my friends, her daughter, has like a nervous system disorder and so she is like constantly in the the beta mm. and Adele and her had like a little thing and then um, like a, Adele's feelings were her and then, but she's so reactive to her feelings. So anyways, they had this little thing where Adele just kind of like got sad, like she didn't fight back. And then the girl was like, oh, what's wrong with her? I'm like, well, you hurt her feelings. And she's like, well, it's just this. And I'm like, well, to her, that does hurt. She's like, well, it doesn't hurt me. And I was like, well, I think it probably does. Anyways, and then Adele like looks at her, and then Adele just says, I need a hug. And then they hugged, and it was so oh, cute. That's so like, lovely. Because I feel like we get really scared of people with really big emotions, and we don't know yeah. what to do, so we kind of like – and I'm guilty of this. You kind of like distance yourself instead yeah. of like getting curious. And like what's really happening is, you know, like – I actually said I felt sorry for Karens because I meant like I have, I know a lot of really nice Karens. (laughs) You mean like the name Karen? I feel bad about the label of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, But then with those people, like, you know, like, why are they acting this way? Like, what is going on? It's a lot
3: of unprocessed trauma. Totally. totally. You know, and that's where you feel bad. And it's kind of funny too, because. But you're
0: like, maybe they just need a hug. Like they just need that little need grounding. They need all of it. They need mm. all of it. And yeah, of
3: course. And so it's just like, our species is supposed to emote. Like our species is supposed to have emotions that come and go. That's why children do it. Yeah. And when you get conditioned not to do that, it gets backlogged. The brain re- rewires. You start taking the icy path you know, haggard Mm -hmm. at the bottom at the chairlift.
0: But it's exhilarating. It's exhilarating. (laughs) Well, they get something out of it. Yeah, you get
3: something out of it. It just Mm -hmm. really wears you. But the irony is when you go the other path, you start, in my experience, to get more because you're slowing the system down and you're becoming more aware and you're getting more focus and focus typically is tied to um, success levels and things. And mm-hmm. so the more focused you become, um, you get more opportunities and see opportunities that are more guided for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like the, well, teachings in in yoga is like to be, the whole idea is to go into a place that you're, of course, meditation and slowing the fluctuations of the mind. But um, there's the sutra I've been teaching, the 216, Hayam Dukkha Managatam, which is to be so present in the moment that all future suffering is avoidable. I mean, you can look at that in so many different ways, obviously, just like not looking at your phone as you're walking to not hit walk into a tree or a post or whatever, driving, paying attention, things like that, of course. But it's also to enjoy the beauty of the magic that's all around you too, right? Like, Absolutely. as you're saying, slowing it down, like going for walks in the woods and seeing the light on the trees and then going into the depth of the, tr- the you know, the detail and the color. Like some people just look at the forest and see green. Some oh. people will see the shape. Some people go deeper and deeper and deeper into like, there's so much beauty and magic in that moment. And I'm sure in those moments of like, Um, acute awareness and stillness, then the, as you said, like the, the success of certain things come because probably brilliant ideas come forth because spirit can come through the channel of the self without being distracted with all this other clutter in the, in the mind. Right.
3: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like all molecules are in particle or wave form. So when you go into more theta, then start pushing into gamma, you feel more. And so Mm -hmm. you start to feel things in waves that you didn't know was there. So your perception goes up. And then as the perception goes up, perspectives broaden. Mm. So you start to become, you know, more aware of other people's perspectives. And then, I mean, you start pushing into that envelope and you then start to feel like, you know, nothing because there's just so much. And even back to when we were talking about people that have high trauma at, you know, a thing that we practice like with my daughter is, like throwing big like glitter bombs at people that need help like throwing them some gold and red and green and being able to manage that and be polite and kind Mm -hmm. and know that it's from black glitter the challenging thing is when there's black glitter with a microphone or megaphone it it trips ours and Mm -hmm. within relationships there's you either add imbalances or counter imbalances, and so when someone is say uh, high levels of trauma or black glitter, and then someone is lower, that creates an Im- uh, an imbalance. They're adding an imbalance, so you're constantly in this struggle, and you know it's really common within relationships that you see. Whereas when you find the counterbalances, usually those individuals are within the same bandwidth of, uh, fear-based data and, and they help each other. And so you feel better when you leave a a really, a situation where you've been with people, you feel creative or inspired and, Mm -hmm. and everyone's honest about it. They're saying, Hey, I got black glitter too. And you kind of laugh and you're like, Oh, I'm a bumbling human. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes a bit lighter. And so you can work through your stuff without it being poured on you. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Right, she hit that. Hey, um, do come. I feel like we gotta like go part one and part two with Amber.
3: Every time you start doing the mantras, I have no idea what you're saying, but I'm so mesmerized by them. Yeah, (laughs) I always want to join in, but I feel like the person singing with that I don't know the lyrics. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. I you know? like
0: I like being that person that doesn't know the lyrics though, but I also like when I do know the lyrics because then the it hits I, harder. But
1: the idea around the beautiful part about Sanskrit is that it's the language of meditation and the words sometimes when we speak in English, we know that the words so we were like our mind starts to be like, "Oh, oh this means this yeah. for me," and which is good, but sometimes with the Sanskrit, not knowing and just hearing the vibration is yeah. what we're dropping into to get out of the head more into the heart, more into like The vibrational Mm. current, that's the idea around it. Yeah. Well, from my perspective.
0: But even being able to like write out the words in Sanskrit, like I still don't understand what every word means, but when I know I'm actually saying the correct word, Mm -hmm. it feels better.
3: Yeah. Mm. I just get too pumped and I just want to say the words. Yeah. Because I feel like I can just like really drop into it. It's beautiful listening to it for sure.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what I want to talk about. And I wanted to split our podcast up kind of into one and two parts because... Um, I think we just went through a lot of stuff that people might need to digest and rewind and re-listen to a few times. Mm-hmm. And then next, I kind of want to like through your lens of, cause you've said how, well, I guess for one, oh, we should, we should just wait, I guess. But I kind of want to talk to you about like what happened to you when you're in India and like how you didn't you bring that into like with your daughter and stuff, and then what's actually happening with our brains when we are singing mantra and doing things like that that ground us into the moment or humming or
3: India was I just went on my own, and that was phenomenal. It's just a mind-blowing experience, like being with Crystal and her energy and her program, and then India was. It's one of those things that I really now drive after those experiences that I feel almost the wave form of it that crack me open more and so that's a deeper depth of parasympathetic that pushes you deeper into theta and into gamma because you know when the brain is listening to music and you know the brain waves and train to sound waves then the body moves you start to tap into some really old primitive tracks within the system and you go so deep into the subconscious I thought that when I started to hack into that part of the nervous system, I thought, okay, cool, like maybe a year or two, like I'll clear the etheric template, get rid of my trauma, (laughs) like no big deal, like I'll just move better and get back to my life. No, it's a life life. journey. It's a life journey. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And so I really enjoyed going and listening to all the mantras in India because the depth of uh, the feel of India is just so mind-blowing. And I was really amazed that when I started to get into my trauma and into my subconscious and I started purging stuff, the, sh- the, the chakras would light up more and I started to realize that anatomically, the more I let off that physical anatomy, what was bound, the colors became more vibrant. I used to just try to, uh, like light them up. I was like, you're yellow, you're orange, like go <laughs> lumens crank. And, <laughs> They were like, yeah, Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. You kind of miss the big black ball that's like surrounding. You're always trying to hack, right?
0: Always. (laughs) Because I'm just like,
3: like, can we go any faster?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then you had to go too far to bring it back.
3: Always. Yeah. Always. It's just like when you whiskey throttle your bike and you're just like, ah, and you're just lit and you know you're going to hit something and then you kind of don't and you're like, poof. Maybe I could do that again. And then you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that wasn't the best idea. Yeah. Well, then you figure out like, oh, if, I'm gonna, if I am going, if start
1: whiskey throttling, I'm going to f- pull in my clutch and then everything slows down.
3: Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then
1: it goes to instinct. Advanced tact. <laughs> yeah, advanced, serious advanced tact. I'm like, oh, here I am whiskey
3: throttling again. I'm like, oh no, clutch,
1: clutch.
2: And That's why I always love like, working
3: oh, with like all the Red Bull and Monster Energy athletes and the Nitro Circus guys, because they're just at this next level of alpha theta. And it's really phenomenal because a lot of them that I work with their mechanics are when they drop into that state, when I'm working on them, they go more gel like, and I can get more work done more efficiently with them. And it's their brain waves. So when you're going for those more intense, Professions, even artists—like it doesn't matter what you're doing—it's whatever uh, industry that you're interested or passionate about, and you push into that. Um, It's really phenomenal to me that those brain waves that they've accessed by continually pushing up against fear and clearing it, and bouncing back and going up to the next level, uh, the mechanics respond so incredibly well Mm. when I work with them.
0: Mm. But is that cause they're like in that flow state when they're
3: absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they know these states. That's what I love is that I would start to, you know, explain like the gears of it. And there, there, a lot of them are very mechanical, just like, like a musician, very mechanical, like very dialed in and precise what they're actually trying to accomplish. And, so when when I started kind of giving the actual name of the gear, they're just like, oh, got it. And so I've seen some of them go from one uh, state of performance and then pushing into another. And because there's been this thing with you know aging and the decay of like the organic ecosystem being a factor, and people saying, oh, well, you've hit a lot of stuff and age. We're kind of coming up against new parameters where it's like, well, actually, if we relieve the system of this trauma and this scar tissue and get your mechanics back online, they're starting to find new gains, which I find incredible because you know, to infinity and beyond. Mm-hmm. Buzz year. Buzz year. <laughs> See, Buzz year, man. All my quotes are from cartoons. Pixar. I don't <laughs> know if that's awesome or not. <laughs> Back to the two.
0: I think that's the best part of cartoons though, is <gasps> mm-hmm. that there's so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a kid yeah. and it's just going in so subconsciously. And as an adult, you're like, Ooh, that's like some really yeah. good
3: teaching. Yeah. Cause my daughter, we, we rewatch a lot of really good cartoons and she'll go, Oh, I get what that means now. So I watch her evolution yeah. cognitively as to what she's understanding. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep banging out the same message.
0: I love it. Yeah. Yes.
1: It was like, um, I think it was Swami Satyananda. He wrote like a hundred books, but it was the same message every time, just in a different way to explain it. It's
0: the same. So that shit. you can speak to all the people.
1: He, he just I guess so. Or he was just like, Yeah. Yeah, he's like, Hey, you guys need to get this and I'm gonna write a book about it and then I'm gonna write another book about it that's saying the same thing.
0: To- totally. Yeah. yeah.
3: I think that's what Eight I love minutes. about um a lot of the research that's coming out of um Huberman lab, Andrew mm-hmm. Huberman, the neurobiologist, mm-hmm. and uh Stanford he's- and Harvard.
0: Yeah. Is that it just got really
3: basic. Like hey, guys, if you actually wake up in the morning and get some natural sunlight, the super nucleus gets fired, you make melatonin for 12 to 14 hours later. Get some natural
0: light. <laughs> yeah, like, and get it early oh, because it sets it up early. your day. Exactly. Yeah. And then things like
3: the conscious breathing, getting the diaphragm to move, and, you know, the cold. <laughs> you both are like... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly. Instantly, yeah. Big breath. But I just love it because it's getting back to a simpler form, like you are saying about yeah. the book all the books being written, the same message. Mm. And it's just like, we, our species has such a knack for really making a lot of things complex with a lot of boxes yeah. and a lot of titles and labels. And it's no wonder when you labels, hear Huberman yeah. talk about us being in a juvenile state, it kind of makes sense. Like yeah. we're
0: seeking to be in a juvenile state. No, we
3: are um, in an <laughs> evolutionary juvenile state when you, when mm. you watch the progress of mm. how uh, species evolve. So I remind my daughter of that because when we hear limiting factors and beliefs or paradigms or perspectives, I say, well, we're in a juvenile state. Like let's move past that. Let's yeah. go to like the next level.
1: I really like him a lot because today you were saying how you've been going walks in the morning. Is that from
0: that podcast or is that just your own instinct to get out in the fresh air in the morning? No, it's not my instinct. I think it is from him. Yeah, I think it wasn't from his podcast. I think it was one where he was on someone else's podcast. But it's like it's in my head, or yeah, because he was saying like they measure levels of um, what is it? Oh, like like either
3: dopamine or endorphins. Yeah, cortisol levels.
0: Yeah, I think the cortisol. Yeah, I don't know, but it's like if you do it earlier in the morning, and people that have the release later in the day, right? um, Usually are skewed more towards, like, depression and have, like, more, like, depressive states and stuff in it.
3: Yeah, I was actually just talking to a guy on uh, social media about... He was asking about depression and, you know, that he experiences it and, you know, what were people's thoughts? And I thought, well, I think I have a thought. And I said, (laughs) I, I ponder depression as these opportunities for us to go into a present state, to go into the subconscious to purge trauma. And I think the body pushes us into those states to say, hey, like the boat is getting heavy, it's getting full. Because I started to notice that the more I transitioned into more of an alpha brainwave and I started to shrink the amygdala and kind of get my, the adrenals calming, like the HPA axis calm down, I was able to access the subconscious on more of a regular basis and it became more of a a drip feed every day of my awareness and what my shortcomings were and how annoying I am and my trauma coming up. And then it dawned on me that that possibly then is the walking meditation, that you're in it on a regular basis and so the waves of depression lessen and the body then doesn't have to manually say, hey, you need an opportunity because it's too much. It's getting too much right now.
0: Mm -hmm. I think though, there's different like levels of depression and there's different like reasons for it. So I think, I think a lot of people in like a really intense depressive state are completely stuck, right? And they can't move. A hundred
3: percent. And it's horrible. Mm -hmm. It's terrible for people. We used to have a tribe where our elders would keep eye on us, you know, they'd Mm. say, Hey, like, yeah, you're a bit much come over here, come hang out with us elders, and we'll give you maybe the peace pipe and some intel. (laughs) And I think it was managed on a drip fed level. So I think any major health challenge that individuals get into is horrible. Mm -hmm. The suffering is horrible. And then our management at times is good. And sometimes it's not good. I'd say that in the West too, it's like, okay, here's a pill to get you out of the depressed. It's like a mask though.
1: It's a band aid. They're not giving like, what's, why are you depressed? Like what we need to look at that. And I find that the West, the medicine here, they don't look at that. They're like, oh yeah, no, here's a pill to make you feel better. Instead of looking at like, well, why are you? What, what, what is it? Like, Mm. let's heal that part of yourself. Mm. Otherwise you're just prone to go back into it. You know, it's like an opportunity to push back and get out, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think giving someone a pill and then like come back and see me in six months versus like some people probably do need a pill temporarily, but then they also need therapy and people and like yeah. all the other things. I like, think there's so many different states people are in. Mm-hmm.
3: Western medicine can be phenomenal for emergency medicine and, and and giving people a bump. And I always ask my clients, well, what's the long game? What's the plan? Yeah, And it's surprising still that There's no long game. There's no plan. There's more now than when I first started in the industry a couple of decades ago of people saying, yeah, well, I'm working with this. And, you know, that's where functional medicine came about. We had medical doctors that weren't happy with their education. They were noticing that um, neuroscience was taking off, Um, you know, places like Huberman's labs were finding out more about natural light and cold plunging and belly breathing and, you know, hacking these systems and more medical doctors that are really interested in caring for humans mm. then now have a bridge into Western medicine. I mean, there's more medical doctors now that are doing ayahuasca, at, you know, in mm-hmm. Costa Rica and Peru. So we're in a really cool, like hybrid era where we totally. are evolving. Yeah. It's just, it's sometimes challenging when you're either caught in the system, trying to find your way. Um, and that's where it really started to come down to more of consumer choice as to consumers saying, you know what? Great guy, not really gelling with this advice. I'm just going to go shop around and get more.
0: Well, I think it's like you're man that's written the 300 bucks or whatever it is.
3: Swami Satyananda.
0: Yeah. Swami, our boy. You and I were just like, just but I shaking think, our heads like, oh, that's whatever that is, is great. Yeah. But I think it's the same thing. Like maybe somebody does need a pill for that. Maybe someone else needs to go do like a ketamine assisted therapy. Someone else needs to go um, psilocybin, you know, like there's so many different, The the
1: remedies I think would be really unique to that individual person. It's not one remedy for one person. I think it it needs to be, you know, maybe it's a a diet thing. Maybe it's like many little, many little things. Maybe it's like, okay, here's that pill to pull you out of the deepest pit of despair.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think we had to push it to the nth degree. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. most things. We do yeah. shit. How course. many pills can we take? How many pills can we get in the water, the drinking water in California?
0: Like, yeah. how far can we go? How <laughs> right. far
3: can we go with agriculture? Yeah. You know, how fast can we drive? Yeah. It's just like nonstop. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden it's like, whoops, a little bit too far. i <laughs> <A> little
0: <laughs> too far. I've heard of a lot of stories, um, or not a lot, but enough to like concern me about people that have taken um, medicines for um, being depressed and then they've gone on to commit suicide or things like that.
3: That's the horrific part.
0: Well, that's the part because you're taking somebody and you're giving them a pill that's going to alter them significantly. Like it's an emergency, but then you're not giving them any like care like within that. And you're not like, if you're giving somebody like a pill, like as a doctor, I feel like you, like it should be like when you're at the hospital, like if you've had a major surgery, you can't go home. Like someone has to come pick you up.
1: There's a responsibility after that. Yeah.
0: I think there's like a lot of, I think that's one of the big things that like society is sort of failing people is like not having, you know, like we're so centered on ourselves and, you know, and not helping like in in broader things. We just did this, um, contest where we had people like write in for why they thought, um, somebody should be like nominated to win oh. and reading all the nominations, mm. like so many of them were just like, she's just the friend that always calls, always checks yeah. in always like just having dinner parties. Like it's like those simple things yeah. and that's the stuff that matters. And I'm like, am I doing that enough anymore? Or like COVID kind of changed the landscape for a while. But
3: I think it just depends where you're at, you know, cause yeah. when you drop into what you love and then you drop into serving and serving, how you can serve and how it benefits others but you keep a balance within it then I think again it's like people get triggered and they say oh I should be doing this I could be doing this and it's like yeah but is it for you yeah like I'm not a great cook so me hosting a party (laughs) then I'm probably gonna get stressed and be like I gotta go to Golden Cross and get a bunch of food and and I like having people over but You well, y- you've
0: got these, right? Like, you're creating... You're like, I'll just put a dome in the middle of the Squamish Valley and yeah. build a fire and they will come.
3: Yeah, well, that's kind <laughs> of it. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I don't
3: know. I think it's just a matter of finding what suits you and how you can kind of serve. Yeah. It makes you feel good and makes others feel good around you.
0: I like it. Um, so, then, do you think mantra is a hack?
3: Oh, 100%, man.
0: Break it down for us.
3: When I was in India... I went into some places that I did not even know existed. And I was like, is it India? Is it crystal? Whatever she's saying, something's happening. And it's happening very profoundly. And so, um, yeah, these the old things, like the things that, that I find so mind-blowing is theta. And this untapped brainwave, you know, I say to my daughter, like the samurai's, we're in this, you know. Uh, Buddhist Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine before the Buddhist uh, Cultural Revolution in China, phenomenal. They had a technique called the lightning technique. I'm trying to hack that one. I've been talking to Dom Vallee. I'm like, hey, do you have any tips <laughs> on books on this? And she was like, oh, I got lots of plants stuff. I said, I don't want the plants. I want the the lightning. I want the lightning. And she's like, yeah, that's a bit much. That's like a <laughs> That's like a, a whole lifetime of that's a whiskey throttle right there. Holding on whiskey all
0: throttle all night, all day. But once you all seen, day long, twenty four seven. But once you've cranked it, like you can't go back. it. well, and so the
3: thing is, is when you when you go into all like uh, all the yoga stuff and all the Buddha stuff, it it. Um, is depths of theta and the mantras are just this incredible gateway that take you into Mm -hmm. that. And sound is an amplifier. It magnifies everything and magnifies the brain in such a healthy way that you drop so hard into the subconscious and self and awareness. And you either go macro or micro, you either go into the cellular system and get down right into like kind of the atoms and the electrons and the photons and the quarks, or you go macro and you go to the cosmos and you see what's up there. The micro is a little bit healthier when you do go into the system because it's harder and it takes more focus to stay in the system than going out into the macro. A lot of people like to boost around in the macro. Mm. They like to energetically go all over the place and visit things and see things and talk about things.
0: (laughs) I like, I like boosting. Crystal likes to launch.
1: I launch. Yeah. I'm an easy, I'm an easy launcher with these techniques. But
3: you also have done a lot of internal stuff. Yeah. And that's why you feel the way you feel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because that's where you can tell where people's practices are when they want to tell you about Cosmos and all this awesome stuff and checking out different things energetically, but then they have this heaviness to them or they're You feel sad or, you know, you feel their terror, you feel their grief. And then it's cool, but unfortunately, because it becomes a bit of a measuring stick as to, you know, in every industry, like, how far did you go?
0: Hmm.
3: Um, Yeah, it becomes this thing where it's like, okay, now go back in your system because Mm -hmm. there's so much to go into the system. Exploring the inner landscape of your being, because there's a lot to explore in the internal.
1: And it's fun to go out, obviously, because that's, you know, out there. But it's also, it's like, well, the power is also coming back
3: in and and being in here. I always say to my daughter, we're going there anyways. When we leave the planet, we're going there anyways. So Mm. don't Mm. go to the after party quite yet. Mm -hmm. If you hang out here, you get a better score. Get the work done. Mm Go
0: back home, get an upgrade. You guys, are, you guys are performance based. You get a better score. It's all about the the data. You
3: should see how many people actually then like start to pay attention For sure. to the work yeah. because I'm like, there's a reason why. Do you want a good releases- score when you leave, or do you want to like, yeah, come back? Yeah, yeah. You have to co- go through another round. Oh man. It's so of funny. Journey.
0: It's funny that the things that really resonate, like when they resonate, like I'm just like, okay, flat power, like I see exposed. <laughs> you love that one. You keep coming back to. Him. You grabbed her in the first story. She's like, "Oh yeah, this is well, a great analogy." it's been like my whole adult life. I'm like, yeah, "Oh yeah."
3: And the funny thing is is like when other individuals don't understand that, that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And oh you, yeah, yeah. you
3: always end up resonating to the ones that get that. Yeah. And then some of them get curious and then they want to come and then they can come and go, "Oh wow, that is." Well, good. I think
0: part of why that one resonates with me is cuz I have friends in both camps. Yeah. And I I think I've only seen one. I I have this one friend and I've seen him go down in two avalanches and he's the one that's always like, "I need to ride something steep today and we'll never like kind of back down." Right. Mm. And and to know him like without seeing that side of him I always think he's like the mellowest guy going. And then you just see like it's it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And that's where the universe gets everyone. And so I always try to condition mm-hmm. my clients to A, curate their environment so that it is more parasympathetic. So you're feeding those mitochondria all the time with like music and light mm. and sound and colors and things that make you do the...
0: ah.
3: The sigh, the person be sigh, but I that, love that sigh. I'm addicted to that sigh. I like
0: everything you just said there, but like that, the light, that lights, the colors that the, lights
3: up the solar mm. plexus for you to have intuition to go. You know what? Today's not the day. Yeah, 100%. today's not the day, man. And so yeah. that's the thing. Is like. Finding that balance between you know pinning it and having a great time and really like living on that alpha theta grandmaster edge, but then going today's not the day. It's so
1: important important to listen to that because Mm -hmm. that internal even though the other uh, people outside of you were like no no come or putting pressure on you to do something your your gut you're like I just like no like it's a no for me today or whatever it is. But then if you if you go against that feeling, then usually there's a consequence to that. Yep. The universe is like, all right, the universe well, is here's an injury, the bitch slap, yeah, and you totally it. here's you're the injury, yeah. here's the car accident, here's the whatever it is to stop you to be like you should have listened. It's like trying to teach you, like no, 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 listen to that yeah. message. I had this conversation yesterday with my girlfriend, professional fighter. She was supposed to go train. She was like, I need to rest. I'm exhausted. I'm injured. And, you know, she was kind of felt the guilt of, you know, the trainer Mm -hmm. being like, nope, you got to go. And um, she got injured. And she's like, fuck, I should have listened to my gut. I knew I shouldn't have gone. And I'm like, you got to listen to that message. It's so
3: important. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fuck that other person telling you. You know
3: that like just is where you're pressure. getting into the analytical brain. That's more beta. Totally. So the analytical brain's like, if I just do this five times, I get taught that on a regular basis because my morning routines I rotate, and I have to rotate them because I ordered the wooden rings like to do like ring work, like you know the gymnastic rings. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. of course so, you are. I get a little into stuff, and so then I kind of start getting a bit crazy with the rings. And I was yeah. like, listen, you're going to get injured. Like, nobody does ring work every day. But yeah. I got excited because it was like a new thing to try out. And they are really great, yeah. but you have to drop into that yeah. space of being okay mm-hmm. with, um, with not analytically going in and doing everything so meticulous that was one of the big things that i loved about going more into alpha brainwave is i could notice the amygdala response shrinking around a lot of people because i thought i was being kind of more irresponsible but i it was just because i wasn't reacting to something that was really firing them up and that bandwidth of going into more that relaxed present state is that you will give yourself days where sometimes I'll sit in a lawn chair for hours and then I think, oh man, I hope nobody asks what I did today because I literally did nothing, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm lucky that I have people around me that really do support that because then I feel good about doing nothing mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And mm-hmm. my gut said, hey, sit and stare at these trees But for I think the day. you need to
0: lean into it when they ask you because you you, like I think you're in a place where you can say I did nothing and then people be like oh what a great idea I should try that right you know like you almost need to do you know what I mean
1: own it and be the teacher of it yeah because I think
0: a lot of people yeah
3: that gives me permission
0: to next time like like, I don't have
3: lists. I have no lists. Mm -hmm. I haven't had lists in years because I started to notice that it would throw me off of what could be presented to me that day
0: yeah. I think you just, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone's so different too. Cause we have been talking about a lot of lists lately oh, yeah, oh, the stop list doing person. lists, the, what I did list, oh. like all these. Yeah. List, I think list, it's just list. what works for
3: you because mm-hmm. I have a very tightly curated lifestyle. Um, I used to do lists.
0: Do you schedule though?
3: Not really. I, I don't actually have a lot on the go. Like I mean, I we have homeschool teach your homeschool business, my business. I'm just trying to hit gamma um, with the archangels like what you, all the time.
0: What are the, what's the plan just, here? We're doing some, some farming here too, maybe. I don't know. Maybe.
3: Yeah. I mean, but but I have all these Not like on floating the things. I have floating things that I pick away at, and it it actually lines up. like, for instance, when I first moved here, I was like, "Hey, I got to get a studio. I'm super pumped to get a studio." And so I thought, well, I'd love to do like a geodome. And then we had like a, there was a chicken house, a pig house. And so James was like, oh, well, you know, the chicken house could actually be pretty good. So I was like, yeah, okay. Change gears. And then we had five and a half feet of snow and it collapsed that. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was like, okay, universe, as I'm like humping like plywood on my back, that's covered in pig shit. And I was just like, okay, whatever, whatever. The chicken house just fell down. So I won't do the chicken house. And then I saw the pig house, and so I started cleaning up the pig house. And then I thought, well, it kind of smells like maybe I could paint it. And then a couple of the beams kind of went, and James was like, that's not a safe place. It's not really... (laughs) He's a fireman. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, the foundation's not great. So then that ended up coming down, too. And I've had to just go with those changes. And Mm -hmm. the more alpha I go, the more ease I find. And Mm -hmm. then it just works out and it's never to my plan. And I find that I get better results with not planning. And so I've tried to curate a very, very small planned kind of ideal of what I'd like to go after, but I don't have a more rigid plan. Mm -hmm. It just never worked out. I I tried that one. I was way more city before and I tried the, Mm -hmm. the, I'm going to do this. And then it's like, I just failed all the time. And the universe was like, what are you doing? Like, you're That's going how I feel way. today.
0: I have so many things, t- big list today. And I'm just, yeah.
3: But I find that it just, it becomes kind of self-defeating. Like I really got into understanding, I was looking for the most functional, healthy tribe on the planet. And I thought, well, who is this? Like who, who could I learn from and kind of get like emulate from? And it kind of came down to like the aboriginals in the outback. And I thought, wow, I'm not living like that. Like they wake up in the morning as a group. They, you know, they face East. They thank the universe for, you know, providing and the opportunity to be here. And that they thank the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom, that they will be supplied with food and water for the day (laughs) across the harshest desert in the world. And they then carry on their day in present state. They don't Mm -hmm. even talk verbally. It's all telekinesis through Theta. And so I thought, wow, like they don't have a list. Why do I have a list? Like I'm setting myself up. Mm-hmm. And for sure, like I have little things that I absolutely mm-hmm. need to do, but there's not many. Yeah.
0: Why do you need to have Will Ferrell as your guest man? Like where, um, where well, are Well,
3: he's just probably one of the most excited characters that I've ever come across. And I, he pumps me up and every idea that I have, he seems super into.
0: But what do you do with your ideas? If you don't have lists, you just do them right away or you just file they them? They
3: float around in my head okay. and they always evolve. And the more yep. present state I get, the m- more pops in my head and the more that pops in my head and then I just do it. I find I don't share a lot of it until I'm done. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, there's a lot of research now that supports it. If you share an idea especially on social media, you'll get so much dopamine that you're saying like, oh, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to write this book that most people won't actually fulfill it. Mm. They feel so good about people cheering them on in the get go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They won't do it. That's fascinating. I thought that's kind of cool. You could either do a whole account of being cheered on and not do anything. Yeah. Or you could just not post, do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then
3: maybe if you want to get cheered on after. I guess that's
0: almost the same as how fear and excitement uh, feel the same in your body. Right. Mm. Like the it resonates the same, like it's the same levels of whatever Ooh. all that science says.
3: <laughs> the adrenal axis. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah. The thing yeah. There's so many things when you speak, I'm like, Oh yeah, like this
1: and this and this and like my mind's just going, Yeah, yeah, like like this and like that and then, and then you stop talking and I'm like I was like all blessed out. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I know that's because you
3: have like the wiki translator of Sanskrit and your brain's like Yeah, blah, 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 blah. well, that's what came up And then you're like, oh, the- I get it. That's so awesome. Because that's so yeah. old. That's what well, your that's ears what, attuned that's
0: to. That's what
1: came up was this um, Sanskrit word. <laughs> Tell us. It's... Well, it's Shraddha, which means faith, oh. and and nyasa, which is trust. So have this sense of trust and faith that the universe will provide. The universe will um, guide you, and you know. And there's that we've talked about this before. There's a saying: um, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, mm-hmm. because the universe has something totally different planned for and you. Way better, and yeah. way, way better. better. But you got to get out of your own way. You got to create the space. You got to go into that still space. You got go into that so slow you can enjoy state, it. and and it can be presented to you to see it. And sometimes it's like smack dab within you. And sometimes it's just laid out, but that whole story around the, you know, the chicken coop and the um, pig pen, it's like, no, no, like be guided, be like, okay, I trust
3: that's not it. Okay. And then it gets, it leads to this moment, you know? And the deeper the free fall, the greater the reward, but Mm -hmm. it's having the balls of free fall. Yeah. That's the hard part. Yeah.
0: When you tell me those stories, I'm like, and that just made the dome feel that much more perfect. You know, well, and I had collapsed. wanted a
3: dome kind of right off the bat, and then James was like, "Well, we have these great buildings, We should yeah, try yeah, that. And then after the two fell, he goes, "You know, you should do a geodome." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Peace be <laughs> with
0: you, great idea." But yeah. they got to get there on their own, their own I, you know. But I because well, he
3: it, also knows he's the manpower, right? Mm. And then my yeah. brother in law Jay that's here too. He they're the manpower, so they're like, "Okay, what do you Another doing?" Another great now idea. Well, I got these like a hundred kilos of these pipes, and we're just gonna build like a jungle gym, like a kid jungle gym. And they're like, "They did a good job." They built it? Well, we all did. We all did. And it definitely needed some manpower. And, you know, I have a real appreciation for men. I really do. Because the amount of times that I'm like, hey, can you pull this? Can you push this? Can you cut that? And they have taught me a lot. I have a lot more skills. And it's kind of... I ask, you know, I'll be like, Hey, can you guys do this? They're like, no, you can, you're good at it. And I'll be like, Oh, okay. You're right. Okay. And so as your skill set moves, they will move with you and not Mm. necessarily
0: assist
3: with the jobs that you can. That's okay. That's
0: why your ideas and your plans get bigger.
3: They do. Yeah, (laughs) they do. I just don't share them as much now with them either. Because yeah, like we're building a sauna right now.
0: Certain people get like a lot of anxiety from that. You know what I mean? Whereas if the actual, in the actual physical doing,
3: you know, then it
0: like subsides. It's
3: exhausting too. For sure. Like physically and financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's just picking away at stuff. Yeah. Sauna will be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. So that went from a bought one to a shipping container to now a custom one sick because I was like well we all need to lay down and I need to invite these people and so James was like okay so that's getting a bit
0: bigger mm-hmm. Where, oh they'll yeah how big so is it going be
3: well I have like an infrared sauna with the cold plunge but I wanted to offer my you know people friends and family and whatever to come out and hang out and get a treatment and then go for like a sauna sick. Mm. Oh, I'm
0: yeah. excited mm-hmm. what's your favorite mantra that Crystal sings do you know
3: I don't even know them I yeah, just know that I will put them on and I'll listen to them and like even with the daily podcast yeah I don't know what she's saying or how to sell them but I just like them I just like like to drop in and listen to them yeah they're phenomenal I like to feel where they drop in and then what comes up
0: oh okay sing one or you have to go though
3: I've got a couple minutes okay sing
0: your did you want to do your hey um do come is that the one you kind of said and then you can tell us what's happening in our body and I'm just gonna listen Well, Well, you listen
1: too. Okay, close your eyes. Yeah. (laughs) If you're in a place that you can uh, drop in with your eyes closed and I'll have you sit nice and comfortable within your body. Take a moment to deepen your breath. A couple of full breaths in. And try to elongate your exhale, whether that's through the nose or a soft part through the lips. Maybe even start to take in the sounds that are all around you. And this mantra or this sutra which i'm going to chant yoga sutra 216 heyam dukam anagatam to be so present in the moment to avoid all future suffering
2: heyam dukam anagatam heyam Do come anagatam. Heyam do come Anagatam Heyam, do come Anagatam Heyam, do come Anagatam he em do come Anagatam Hey Yam do come anagatam. Hey, yam, dukam, anagatam. Hey, yam, dukam, anag- Anagatam heyam dukam anagatam Hey do come an Heam do come anagatam. Heam do come an Heam do come an Heam do come anagatam hey am um, do come anagatam hey um, do come anagatam hey am um, do come anagatam mhm 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 mhm
3: that is pure magic right so beautiful (laughs) I feel like I should put you in the canoe with the ancestors that showed up while they were drumming so that you can go with them (laughs) I should have asked if they had room (laughs) I'll go I'd love to go I heard the drumming and I was like oh they're here Oh, I mm. love that. I
1: actually think often, I know that when we were in India, um, you shared that you had a vision with me. I was teaching the hatta Raja class, the bumblebee breath class, mm-hmm. and then a meditation of um, uh, light, you receive a gift or something like that. And you had said that um, uh, a guy visited, like a yogi dressed in white, and he was walking the room, and he kept on, like, hitting you to be mm-hmm. quiet, like, stop interrupting kind of thing, and, like, let her, you know, do, like, be in the seat of the teacher kind of thing yeah, be and be present and be a good student. Yeah, exactly. Be present. Yeah. yeah. But I see him often oh. when I, yeah. Like when I sit and I, um, I'll sit and I'll, I'll feel his, and I'll visualize him and I'll see him next to me sitting. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's how I knew I started getting mm-hmm. into that realm was it was always stuff that I was never the hero, I was never awesome, I was always being schooled, I always had the wrong answer, they were always like, come back and try again, and I was like, wow, this is a bit of a beatdown session going into this, this other realm, because mm. it's not what I thought it was, I thought yeah. you could boost and do awesome things, and it's just yeah you have to be polite and respectful and behave and it's almost like you stepped into their world and i did i was like what's up and they're like and they're oh. like quiet i'm yeah i'm here for something else always like, he was just not stoked yeah. i was like hey what's up what are you doing here what is it and he's like Shh. i was like wow okay
0: um yeah. so what are you doing here like can people come and this is kind treatments. of
3: my studio where I see like friends and family and okay. I started offering longer treatments and it's not a typical thing in the chiropractic industry, but I really have wanted to spend more time with people. And I now I'm offering that at the clinic in town, downtown. Mm-hmm. So I have people laying on like the, you know, uh, infrared PEMF mats. I'm, which are lovely, dropping mm-hmm. them in, getting their nervous system attuned, uh, getting them a Tuned to the brain waves, uh, starting to hash up trauma, starting to get the biomechanics to improve and getting them more driving lessons. And my goal was to get people to feel this stuff so mm-hmm. that they knew what it was. It wasn't just a theory. It wasn't just, you know, a few people can feel this. It's, it's a skill set that humans can attain. We just don't have a ton of people that have attained high levels for the rest of us to have our minds blown to go, Oh, I want to do that. I want to try that. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of more the drive. And then having my own home studio, I could just kind of really drop in with people.
0: Mm. I love. This it. is the daily practice podcast with
1: Crystal Borelli
0: and Andrea Holman.
1: Yeah, life teachings, life practices. Good luck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, hari um,
0: hari um, hari um. If you want to check us out on the World Wide Web, our website is thedailypractice.life and on there we have all kinds of resources, but we have a free full moon course. It's about an hour long. There's a yoga practice, pranayama, you'll learn a mantra as well as story time and all taught by Crystal Borelli. How are you?